Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we are in the thick of football camp. Uh, BTN was on campus yesterday. A lot of quotes from them, a lot of good video. Uh, probably the most access we'll get all offseason uh, in terms of what's going on at Rutgers football camp. So we'll have some stuff to talk about there. The basketball program is obviously on the second day now of its international trip. They're in Dakar, Senegal. A few things to discuss about what they've done so far. A new basketball offers come out in the class of 2024. We'll discuss, um, but let's just uh, let's go right off the top. We have uh, BTN on campus for a football practice yesterday. Um, they talked to both coordinators. They talked to head coach Graciano. They talked to Gavin Winsat. Let's uh, let's just start with stuff that you heard from 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 Greg when they talked to him. What, what were some things that kind of stood out about their discussion with Greg? Uh, I mean, it's it's all about defense. This team is always going to be about defense as long as Greg's in charge, and that's not surprising. He's a, he's been a defensive coordinator his entire life, pretty much. So yep. uh, he's even taken over the defensive uh, play calling abilities um, in a couple times during his tenure uh, at Rutgers. But yeah, no, they they need to. Um, he's very optimistic about Gavin Wimsett. Um, I don't think there's a question about that. He he's hyped him up quite a bit. He's hyped up the addition of Kirk Shiraka, Um who's a guy he's known for a long time, a guy he kind of trusts to run this offense. Um, and it kind of gives him a little bit of a, as a head coach, you you don't want to really have your fingers in every cookie jar, uh, as the I think the saying goes kind of. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yep. he, instead of like having Greg getting involved with offense, he knows he can trust Kirk. He's a veteran of the job. Uh, he's probably one of the better OCs in the country. Um, so he can kind of just step back a little bit from that. Uh, also, and you got some other veteran coaches too and. I know they talked a lot about Pat Flaherty and his experience because he is a two-time Super Bowl champ, a uh, 40-year coaching vet, and NFL legend. I don't want to say legend, but it's pretty close to that status when you have 40 years in in the job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they talked about him, and they didn't really mention Brock, which I found interesting. But I, I think Brock's one of the uh, the brightest minds on that offensive staff, so, and I think he's going to help them a ton. Uh, he also has some significant NFL experience with – big name receivers and Calvin Ridley, who might be my fantasy sleeper this year, to be honest with you. Yeah. It sounds uh, like he's having a great camp. Yeah. So him and then Julio Jones, obviously who people raved about or still mm-hmm. raved about, um, and Muhammad Sanu. So, uh, there's, yeah, a, there's a lot of in college and in the NFL. That's, so he, yeah. got, he saw them both there. It's pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it was anything really super significant. They're still trying to play it kind of a little quiet and status quo. You saw one of Dave Razine's uh, tweets. He was like, I can only show so much. And I'm like, yeah, well, welcome to our life every day of the week. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, that That's, that's really it. There was nothing really significant that we haven't heard already from Shiano. It was basically just reiterating stuff, developmental program. I know people hate the term, but that's what they are. They're going to develop guys from year one. It's not like developmental program is in, they're just always developing like, I don't even know how the how the terminology works, but it's just it's a weird phrase. I probably wouldn't have used it personally, but 
you're in there and you have to use it now because you're, you're in too deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the things that he said off the top that, uh, that I thought was interesting. Um, Chiano was really high in the defense. He thinks that that'll be the strength of the team. And, you know, anybody who's watched Rutgers the last few years should know that at this point. Um, he loves the depth on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, you know, if you saw who they've gone out and gotten this offseason in terms of the, the portal, it was a lot of defensive backs, which was a little surprising to me, between Flip Dixon, uh, Charles Amonqua, uh, Eric Rogers. They're all in the defensive backfield. You, you also got a guy in Isaiah Iton up front from Ole Miss. Um, and then he went on to talk about how he likes a lot of the, the receivers in the program, but they're all young guys. They need some, some more experienced guys. That's why they went out and got Jaquay Jackson, Seam Brantley, uh, and the tight end Bowman. Um, and the last thing they kind of touched on was Big Ten expansion. And Shiano said basically that anything that's good for the Big Ten is good for Rutgers. Um, so you can kind of read between the lines there. I think he realizes that Rutgers is going to have a really tough schedule regardless every year based on who's in the Big Ten. So you might as well just make more money um, and yeah. be more secure in your conference. Um, so let's get kind of pivot to the coordinators. So they also spoke to Kirk Soraka. Um, Kirk was pretty high on Gavin Wimsett and his development. He says he's getting better every day. Um, what were some of the things that stood out to you, either from Soraka or from Harris Simiak? Harris Simiak, um, I love. I think he's just got the juice. Um, he just uh, very he, well. He, 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 yeah. You can tell he just commands attention from the way he talks. Yeah, he's very well spoken. I'd be shocked if he didn't have another head coaching job very soon. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be tough to keep him on the banks, in my opinion. Uh, especially because he's he's doing so good of a job. I know the numbers really don't show it because <clears throat> like um, last week when I was on the New York Post or SNY, whatever, I think they're owned by the same company. Um, Brandon London was telling me and he, he kind of caught me off guard a little bit. He's like, yeah, like Rutgers gave up, I want to say like 30 something points per game last year. And I'm like, shit, maybe they did. Like it's a lot. But in retrospect, those are verse, <laughs> like some of the best programs in the country. But they also did really well against some teams too. Like the Michigan game was a little skewed because the first two halves, they were phenomenal. And then the second two halves, it was like, oh, shit, totally different team. Um, but uh, besides the point, I just think Harris Simiak knows everything there is to know about football. He's so down to the details. Even like watching him in practice, he gets like in the corner or the beginning of the end zone by the field goal post and tries to get a, the perfect view of everything. You see him hyping guys up, jumping on guys, based on, on their backs after a big play. Like he is all about football and it's his life basically. And when you see him talk to uh, Griffin, it's just, he just commands, like you said, he commands the room. Like he knows what he's talking about. And um, he didn't say anything too crazy. Um, he's very excited about his defense and rightfully so. I think this defense is going to be great. I think it's going to be, I shouldn't say great. It'll be very good. Uh, it'll be one of the better defenses in the big 10. The issue is you got to keep them off the field. And that's where Shiraka was kind of talking about their experiences and, Hey, he, uh, I found the most interesting thing is that he kind of came into the job a little bit blind. He didn't watch any tape. He just walked in to see what guys looked like in practice first before like, or even workouts. I mean, I would walk in, <clears throat> I would walk in, you know, without looking at things either. They got the blank check that he got. Like, oh yeah. That's $1.4 million. I'll, I'll take any job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought it was interesting that he didn't watch anything and just came in to see how guys like were playing and throwing and catching, et cetera, on offense. And uh, it kind of gave him, I guess, a, a clear head when evaluating Evan Simon and Gavin Wimsett. 
Um, the other thing that I found interesting is that like, I know, remember like we talked about Shiraka early on when the OC job was open postseason and then all of a sudden, like his name kind of dwindled away and then it came back all of a sudden and then they hired him. Yep. Now Greg said something yesterday. He's like, Oh, it was hard to get him here. And I'm kind of thinking like, Oh, you definitely, you definitely did offer him in December. And he said, yeah, I'm good. Like, and then (laughs) a couple months later, you're like, all right, fuck it. Throw him another 500. See what happens. Mm -hmm. 500k, mind you, not 500 (laughs) dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he, here he is on the bank. So it was definitely uh that was I thought that was a little interesting tidbit. Um now we can't say for certain that's what happened, but that kind of hinted at it a little bit more. Well, Greg did say that that was his his <clears throat> first target and at first, you know, it didn't work out and but he kept yeah. on him and he ended up getting this guy. So Yeah. Now we just got to see there's so much riding on Kirk turning this offense around cuz we've said time and time again, Greg is not in hot water. He doesn't have a hot seat. And I don't think he will anytime soon. But if yep. Kirk can't turn this offense around, I think that is the point where you know things start to get a little sweaty for Shiano. Is uh, you know, you said you needed a new coordinator. We fired Gleason, who we're paying a million dollars this year, mind you, minus whatever he's making at you know Northwestern, which probably Pennies. isn't much. So we're paying two and a half million dollars this year for an offensive coordinator. This offense better look like it has a pulse. That's yeah, that's kind that's, of the, the long and short of it. Yeah, and then my my question is is like you can't even if it's a bad offensive year, like ugly. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can really fire Shiraka. <laughs> like, no, 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 you can't. I'm not <clears> saying that's going to happen. I know it's I'm just... probably going to look ugly at points, but he's got a three year deal. He's got you know three years at one point four million dollars. He's not going anywhere. <clears throat> I know he's, he's the guy that they trust to it's turn crazy. this around, both financially and. You know, from a commitment standpoint, because I think Greg rightfully doesn't want to do the same thing he did last time around, where he's got a new OC every year, new system every year. That's not a way to build an offense. No. I think he probably did stick with Gleason a little bit longer than he should have, but it is yeah. what it is. We got a new guy in. Um, oh, but I do that? think... Yeah, go, go ahead. I'd see that now with Chiraka, I mean, you can't really get a better guy with when it comes to running the ball, and that's kind of going to yep. be the MO of your offense for the most part, because... Doesn't sound like uh, Wimset has been lighting it up too much. And we base that on their comments. So here's a direct quote from Jerry DiNardo. And, and Aaron Brightman did a great job kind of compiling all this on the Scarlet Faithful. And that's kind of where I'm getting some of these quotes. So Jerry DiNardo said, I see at least five matchup opponents on this schedule, which in, in his eyes, matchup opponents means like winnable games. Uh, you need six wins, obviously, to go to a bowl. You can continue to lean on your defense, possess the ball. You don't turn it over. Those are the keys to get this team to six and six wins. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much they can throw the ball. I think that if they don't have a really good run game, they won't get to six. If they try and be balanced, I'm not sure that's what they can do. Their strength is the defense. I think you really have to play your defense totally, whatever that means. Um, Basically, it sounds like the defense is clearly winning a lot of these battles in camp from what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't sound like he was very impressed with the passing game in what he saw today. Now, obviously, just one day of practice. It's hard to judge where a team's at from one day on, you know, on the football field. But obviously, what they saw wasn't overly encouraging there. I mean, this is their fifth stop, I believe, on their their bus tour. They started out at Nebraska. Then they went to Minnesota, Northwestern, and Penn State before they arrived at Rutgers. So they've seen a decent amount of offenses in the Big Ten. I don't know. I, I didn't get warm and fuzzies coming out of what they were saying about the team. 
Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. And you just listed the schools I already visited. And mind you, I, I said on our boards, I, I do think like, Penn State might end up winning the Big Ten. It's either them or Michigan, in my opinion. But uh, mm-hmm. the fact that they saw them, Northwestern, Minnesota, uh, Nebraska, they're not great. Nebraska, right, was the first one. Yep. Yeah, so they're not like the greatest offenses in the world, and they're not like world beaters. Like Nebraska got a whole new head coach. Northwestern has technically a new head coach. Um, yep. So the fact that they kind of saw them, and then they then they proceeded to kind of not hate, but like not sound too optimistic about Rutgers' offense, kind of gives me the little like uh, feeling you probably have, and it's like, oh shit, like maybe this isn't that good. Um, mm-hmm. And then in terms of winnable games, I think the five are pretty obvious. I don't think there's any question about it. I think yep. it's Northwestern, Temple, Virginia Tech, Wagner, Indiana. Those are the five. And after that, I, I kind of agree with them. I think it's hard to see six. I think it's hard so to see five. <laughs> do we want to like go down those seven other games real quick to kind of talk through um, yeah, if you want. what they are, just so people aren't like, what do you mean there's not another game that's winnable? Because um, oh. I do <laughs> think that there might there might be an outside chance at maybe two of them, but the other five are like really, really, really long shots. So the first long shot game, in my opinion, is that away game at Michigan. Like Michigan was a playoff mm-hmm. team the last two years. They, you could argue that, you know, they would have given Georgia a much better game than TCU did. It's just that mm-hmm. Michigan totally shit the bed against TCU. So that that is on September 23rd. I don't think there, I think there's, a 5% chance that they even come within a touchdown in that game. Yeah. I know they've played Michigan tight though recently. And it's just, I know everyone's going to say that and be like, all right, they're going to play the Wolverines tight. And I'm like, you're in the big house. It's September. They have arguably the best running back duo in the country. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. The last time they played in the big house in September, though, was 2021 when Michigan was, uh, I think they're ranked 19th at the time. And, they ended up barely losing that game, twenty to thirteen. There was a couple miss. I think they missed two field goals in that game, and that was kind of what ultimately sunk Rutgers. Um, and there were chip shots too, I believe. Um, uh-huh. But that was the year that they, you know, played Georgia in the, the CFP, and they lost thirty-four to eleven. But then wow. the only yeah. loss they had all season was uh, at Michigan State uh, before that. So that was a good Michigan team. Yeah, I just don't um, see it personally. No. I don't see it at all, to be honest with you. I think I made that kind of clear. Um, the next game that I see as a long shot is at Wisconsin. That's on October 7th. Um, this will be the one, two, three, four, five, sixth straight game that they've had to start the season. Like They don't mm-hmm. have a bye before that. I see that as a pretty long shot game. They have a new offense, obviously, um, under new coach Luke Fickle and... Uh, Mm-hmm. what's his name longo phil longo Longo's gonna who, be good he's gonna be good they're gonna have some kind of air raid offense and sometimes the first season under a new coordinator can be a little bit of an adjustment period but they also got you know how many transfers did they get this offseason so not colorado big transfers but they're, they're not colorado they're pretty... <laughs> big but close to it yeah. um the next game i see as a long shot is home versus ohio state on november 4th they do Just... have a buy leading into that game but They've never played Ohio State close. Like the seven, the seven zero lead last year to start the game was probably the closest yeah. they've come, and they still got blown out in that game. And and it's clear as um, day, Ryan Day and Chiano just don't like each other anymore. Um, they do not. Or, or if they ever did, no one really knows the uh, the true yep. backstory. But uh, yeah, they definitely don't after last year's fake punt up what thirty nine points. 
Yeah, and you could argue like that was you know a botched play, blah blah blah. But still, yeah. they they ran it's a fake scrubby. punt up thirty plus points. It's yeah. it's a total douchebag move. It's kind of wild. Um, they follow that up November eleventh at Iowa. Rutgers, I don't believe, has ever beaten Iowa um, since they joined the Big Ten. They haven't really played them every year either. But Iowa also has a new quarterback in Cade McNamara. They've lost a lot of talent, uh, but I just don't see them winning that game. I think that'll be a very hard game to win. The following weekend, they play at Penn State. Again, Rutgers hasn't really pl- played Penn State close outside of the first year in the Big Ten when uh, Gary Nova, I think, threw like four or five interceptions. Uh, the first game we ever played in the Big Ten. Yeah. So those are the five games I don't see as Rutgers even having a chance in. The other two, versus Maryland and versus Michigan State. So they play Michigan State at home. I believe that's homecoming on October 14th. And the last game of the year is home versus Maryland. Those are the two I see them having a chance in. Um, it's just that you got to really thread the needle. You have to win every <clears throat> game that you're going to be even a slight favorite in. You have to knock off at least one team that you're an underdog to possibly that you have two opportunities in my opinion, that you're going to be underdogs and have a chance to win in Michigan state and Maryland. The other five, I don't see it. Yeah. Is that kind of where you're at? Yeah. I, Maryland, I just can't see. Um, it really depends on how this Terps team is at the end of the season yeah. and how, how the Rutgers team is at the end of the season too. Like if you're playing for a bowl game, there might be a little bit of juice with the program. If you're playing like you are last year and it's like what, four, three, four win season already. And this mm-hmm. might be win five. You you saw them in Maryland last year. It looked like holy, yep. sh- they didn't give a shit at all. They're just like, yeah, whatever. We lost already. Like, yep. Um, mind you, this is also a really good Maryland team. Talia is a stud. Um, they managed to somehow keep him away from the SEC. Um, despite a one point five million dollar offer, I think it was from uh, Auburn. Yep. I mean, um, team unnamed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also put up four hundred something yards of offense. Like. I think any Rutgers fan would kill for 400 yards of offense per game. Yep, yep. Um, and if and they have they had a pretty good defense last year. They only gave up 23 points per game. Um, it was 43rd in the country for that. And I, I think they're a really good team. And I think their over unders at seven and a half. So they're probably they're probably going to hit at least a seven mark, I would think. Um, and then what was the other one? Michigan State, you said. Yeah, yep. that's the weird one. I don't really know how to judge them yet. Um, five and a half over under for their wins win total. It's hit or miss. Like week or year one, obviously Rutgers dominated Michigan State. Year two, I think it flip flopped, and now it's. I think it flip flopped. I didn't flip flop again. I think uh, Rutgers lost again last year, if I recall correctly. Um, and they're Versus melting. Who, sorry, Michigan State. Yeah, they lost against Michigan yeah, State last year. It's, it's a weird team, but now there's a little juice flowing in terms of a potential rivalry there because everyone's using chop, chop, chop. Um. And it's uh, they've only had one win against Michigan State since joining the conference in 2014. So, and that was the one early season COVID year, which didn't happen until yep. what October or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely a weird season. But other than that, Michigan State's kind of dominated for the most part. So I I just have trouble seeing that one too. Like I I don't want to sound negative, but like this team needs a lot of work still on offense and. I just they'll they'll have progress. You'll see progress this year, in my opinion. But I just I have a hard time seeing a bowl game. I agree. I think the margin of victory in certain games will be bigger. The margin of loss will be smaller in certain games. Like last year, if you look at you know we've lost five games by <clears> thirty plus points. I don't think that happens again this year. I think the defense will be better. I think the offense kind of has to look better. It's hard not yeah. to see it. 
um, especially if Sam Brown's healthy. Um, but I don't know if it'll really affect the win-loss record because mm -hmm. the, like like we've kind of gone over, there's just so many good teams on the schedule that it's really hard to see them winning. Like we, we're, I'm seeing them as entering the season at 0-5 already with those five games. And that's not being a pessimist. Like, no, it's fair. I'd love to hear anyone's logical argument that they're going to win at Penn State, at Michigan, at Iowa. Like these are home versus Ohio State when we haven't really ever been competitive against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't see it personally. No, I think that's perfectly fair. I think that's 100% accurate. And that's just it's just the way it is. It's just still a building program. Like, it's going to developmental program. Um, it's going to take a couple years. Um, now, if you can cut some of those blowouts out, that that's huge. If you can somehow yes. sneak a yep. bowl game, that would be ginormous. Yep. Um, that being said, a lot, a lot hinges on game one. Yes. A lot hinges on game two. A lot hinges on game th three. Is three Michigan or four Michigan? Three is Michigan. Uh, four is Michigan. Four is Michigan. What's three? I forget. Three is uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Well, games one, two, and three are huge for the schedule. That's just, and you can't look past any because if you lose yep. to Northwestern, the crowd's just going to be like, "There's not going to be a crowd." Actually, <laughs> everyone's yep. going to be like, "All right, yep, season over." There we go. Yep. That was quick. Lost to a team without a head coach, who, mind you, um, kind of like a lot of support building between that team and a lot of uh interesting things going on. They've got a lot of us against the world mentality stuff going on. I think their their t shirts. <laughs> yeah, their t shirts have like a Pat Pat Fitzgerald's like college number on them. Like mm -hmm. they're really rallying around each other and those teams can be dangerous. Like scary. Last year they their only game they won was opening day in Dublin against Nebraska, a team that they were pretty heavy underdogs against. And yeah. obviously their season didn't go well after that. But I don't think this is a team that you can sleep on because <laughs> I agree. And they, they have Rutgers trouble. Yeah, sorry. Then they have that, that offensive genius on their staff too, in uh, <laughs> Sean, Sean Gleason. Oh my god! No one knows the Rutgers personnel better than Sean Gleason. Well, if if he did know the personnel, then he might have utilized it differently last year, like not playing Sam Brown until what the Me. sixth game of the year, really six, total getting, embarrassment. Getting him hurt. <laughs> so I would argue that he doesn't really know the, the personnel that well. Actually, uh, you'd think he would but it didn't seem like he actually did. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, just had to point out that he's over there. So he kind of does yeah, know Rutgers yep. a little bit. Yep. So yeah, uh, I, I do, like I said, I think this team will look better than it did last year. Just not sure it translates to wins and losses. I really like this defense. I think you have a couple NFL players, possibly high picks on that defense. I think Aaron Lewis is a draft pick. Max Milton is a draft pick. Wes Bailey's a draft pick. And then you have a couple young guys who are probably breakout player candidates this year in Tyreen Powell. And everybody knows who Tyreen Powell is, but I think he could take that next step this year. Moses mm -hmm. Walker is a guy we've been really high on. Mo is coming back off an injury. He'll be a big boost to that front seven because who really knows where he's going to line up between linebacker mm -hmm. well, and, yeah. and <laughs> I do think guys like Flip Dixon have huge potential. Desig Manusen flashed last year. The, the defense is full of dudes, whereas, you know, we have so many question marks on the offense right now that we just really won't know for sure until game one. Yeah, you just got to keep the defense off the field. That's the biggest thing. Like, even if you have to run the ball 100 times, as long as you're getting first downs and keeping that defense off the field, it's yep. going to be key. If you can keep them on the field for maybe 55, 60% of the game instead of the 75% of the game they had it last yep. year, that yep. would make a hell of a lot of difference. Uh just for 
scoring purposes alone. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, because yeah. Harris Simiak specifically talked about how they kind of like melted down the stretch last year due to injuries oh. and due to wear and tear. And I'll never yeah, blame like the they, offense, but <laughs> no, but they kept so many games in contention last year mm-hmm. over the first, you know, eight games. And they really did just kind of like evaporate down the stretch. And I think that the added depth will help with that. But you got to hope, like you said, that they're not on the they're not on the field for you know more than sixty percent of the time again because that's going to kill you. Yeah, um, just got to do something there. Just like I said, whether it just be holding on to the ball for a little bit longer, that would be very helpful for this team. Um, so we'll just kind of, like you said, we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. It's there's really nothing else that can be said or seen from our perspective in camp or even BTN's perspective. It's just a matter of to this coming down and transitioning to translating to game day and producing results. That's that's really it. Yeah. Um, and again, we, there's not a whole lot that's reportable. This is kind of a nice little oasis because they've shown clips. They had people who were at practice talking about what they saw. So that this unfortunately might be the most we kind of get uh, about the team until game one, yeah. but they do have a scrimmage this Saturday. Uh, you know, again, won't be able to really say what happens at the scrimmage, but there is a scrimmage upcoming. Yeah. Um, so whatever Greg comments on afterwards will be the extent of what they're able to talk about. Um, so we went 25 nice. minutes on football. I didn't think we had that in us. No, no um, but we uh, made it work. Let's let's pivot to to, to basketball. Obviously, the, the basketball team is in Dakar right now, Dakar, mm-hmm. Senegal, for their international trip. Yesterday, they did a beach workout uh, cool. with some, some locals. Uh, the whole team was there. Uh, it looked like they had a great time. Today, it sounds like they are in, uh, they had talked about going to this island, and I forget the name of it off the uh, top of my head. Gory Island, I believe. Gory Island, where they had, it was basically like a uh, an island they, they held slaves on before they were shipped out. Um, so it sounds like they're, they're taking the first few days of this trip to really kind of have some cultural experiences. Uh, I know Pike was, at least from what uh, Andy Katz was saying, he was very... He, he wanted to make sure that this was an impactful trip for these guys, that they, they really got something out of it, became better citizens of the world. And it sounds like these first two days have been kind of really memorable experiences for the team. Um, it sounds like they will have a scrimmage in Dakar before yes. they, they head to Portugal. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly who they're going to play yet. Um, just going back to the – it's it's interesting because there's a lot of historical value between – I guess the whole continent of Africa, just not just Dakar and Senegal. But um, I was looking at Gory Island. It says it's the, the largest West Africa slave trade operation from the 15th to 19th century. Like that's that's kind of nutty. Um, yeah. So I mean, you you just got the you get to bond a lot too and learn more about um, more about history in general. Um, but I know after talking to guys after the previous Euro trip, um, they had what I want to say four years ago, I guess, right? Um, they all raved about how it was such a big opportunity for them to gel together, learn learn each other more, and just hang out and kind of become closer with one another. And um, that that's huge for team bonding and team building in general. Um, overall, I'm not sure who they're going to play in, in uh, Dakar, but they are playing someone. I believe it's this weekend. I don't have an exact date or location or even opponent yet. I don't think this one's going to be live streamed. Uh, I don't know if any of them are going to be live streamed, to be honest with you. I know they're looking into it. But this is more on the capabilities of um, 
the host team or the host uh, professional club, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's why like some games, like you'll see Illinois shouted out whoever they're playing. in. I think it was Valencia. Um, they're like, shout out to them for helping us stream. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to, these teams are going to have streaming capabilities or not. I know Rutgers doesn't currently because um, all they have is like a couple camera guys and that's it. Um, when I say camera guys, I don't mean like the big video cameras. We're talking like the little, like actual, like shooting cameras. Um, so there, there will be highlights. I'm told there might be box scores and not a guarantee on that anymore. Previously we heard there would be box scores. So, um, we'll just kind of wait and see like, but end of the day, the, like Andy Katz said, like Pykel's told us in the past, like other people have told us too, this isn't about the games at all. Really. This is more about the team getting an experience of a lifetime, learning more about history and then just gelling together as a unit. So it's, that's really what it's all about. And Pykel said it multiple times. This, this trip means more than anything to probably more to him than anyone else, because this is a, a trip that not many programs can ever do or, or even try to do. And this is a, this is insane and kind of impressive. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty cool trip overall. And, and like you said, it's mainly to get these guys closer to one another, have these kind of experiences. So they'll, when you grow closer off the court, you grow closer on the court naturally. So uh, it's, a, it's a great trip for these guys. And you have a, you know, four guys on the team who are from Africa. So I imagine that's awesome for them to, to kind of get back home. I've seen a lot of clips from uh, Cliff Omaruri from Manuel Agbol, um, who just seems like they're just having a great time. So, um, yeah, uh, it'd be exciting to see more footage from the trip because uh, it's starting to come out slowly. Uh, I know Rutgers basketball had like a, a few posts from yesterday um, of them doing the workouts, and I saw a few clips from today um on their their uh trip as well so just keep uh keep on the lookout on social media i know you've reposted a few things um for how things are going on their international trip yeah we also have a ongoing uh message board thread that has basically just about everything in one central spot for you um i'm gonna try to make it into an article as well if you're not on our message boards i'm I'm gonna do this little plug here um join us now if you don't join us today actually you know don't even join us today you know what join us at midnight because midnight tonight, we're going to have a promo. It's going to be $33 for your first year. So that's a hundred-something dollar value for $33. Why 33 I don't know. I didn't pick the thing. Um, <laughs> if I would have done anything, I would have done 23 because the promo code is CHOP23. Like, you know, CHOP season, ha, ha, ha. But, yeah, starting midnight tonight, we'll have a promo going live. Um, it's only going to be live for two days. So either sign up or, or just don't be a loser and just, I guess, whatever. <laughs> You know, if you want the inside scoop on recruiting, team news, et cetera, maybe not as much practice scoop, but we still have a bunch of stories on the site. And anything you guys subscribe to us also helps us keep the podcast going, helps us keep the site going, helps us keep everything going and keeping Rutgers coverage alive and well. And um, yeah, so midnight tonight, Chop 33. I'll put the promo. Chop 23. Chop 23. Jesus. See, I, I told you it should have been 23. Um yeah, Chop23. Um, I'll put the link in the description, and um, it'll also be on social media. So check it out, and you can see all the content from uh, th- this uh, overseas trip, from football camp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a great deal uh, for a whole year's worth of coverage to everything going on uh, on the inside scoop of Rutgers Athletics. Can't get a better deal than that. Yeah, I mean, um, no one does it better than us. That's no. true. But nope. Just got to throw that out there. <laughs> 
Uh, one other weird basketball, not, I don't want to say weird, but another basketball news item is it looks like Rutgers offered another kid from the class of 2024 yesterday, uh, Dylan Grant. He is a 6'7 power forward or shooting small forward from uh, wing. Yeah, I'll go with wing because he looks like he's a former okay. guard, technically. Okay. So 6'7 wing um, out of Michigan, and he plays on the family AU program uh if that sounds mm -hmm. familiar that's who the program that marlon williamson used to run back in the day so he's still very <laughs> close to the guys there um this is a guy who i think averaged 12 and a half points uh, on the uh the eybl circuit this year he had a really good peach jam uh where he averaged 15 points and seven rebounds through the tournament tell us a little bit about this kid and is it <clears throat> is it as weird to you as it is to me that they're still offering additional kids out of the class of 24 Eh, yes and no. I mean, like, they they thought they had a pretty good shot at Asa Newell. I, I think we can kind of put that one to bed a little bit because I don't think they do. Um, I know Coach Coach Smoke was pretty confident he might be able to get him on campus, um, but it sounds like Asa Newell is going to go somewhere else because he does have visits to Texas, I think Gonzaga and Alabama. I think he already took the Alabama or the Gonzaga one. I think he's going to take the Texas and uh, Alabama ones over the next couple weeks. I think Alabama's up next in Texas. Whatever, it doesn't matter because he's not going to Rutgers. Um, yeah, so new uh, Michigan offer. You're going to see a lot of Michigan offers with Coach Smoke. That's his his bread and butter. Um, this kid's just kind of freaky athletic. Like I was just watching his tape before, and he's he's really like a loud type of player, if I if you want to call it that, because his plays are just like big time plays, like dunks and this and that, and uh, converting turnovers into like crazy transition dunks and threading the needle through a defense or uh, just. Honestly, he has that thrill factor. That's kind of just what, what he, he brings to the game, and that's <laughs> you don't really need much of that when you have potentially Ace and Dylan on the court, but hey, mm -hmm. the more thrill, the better. That's, this is, oh, yeah. is going to be the number one show in town. Screw the Knicks. <laughs> They're not that good. Screw, not, no, I shouldn't say screw. Uh, the Nets aren't that good. I'll admit it. I'm a Nets fan. I'm a diehard, but um, we're getting better. But this is going to be like the best basketball show in town in the Northeast. And uh, I shouldn't say Northeast because UConn did just win, but we're going to say in the tri-state. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think he's a pretty good player. Like he's had multiple games where he has 14 plus um, 14 plus via the free throw line. If I read that correctly, which is, I mean, Hey, Rockers fans have uh, noticed that free throw shooting has not been the strength of the team in recent years. And, this kid is going to help that, and uh, he just has a solid all-around game. Now, he's not going to be a one-and-done or maybe even two-and-done, probably not even three-and-done, but um, this is a kid that you can be a pretty pretty good scorer down the line. Um, partner him with, like, say, a Bryce Dorch and maybe Lathan Somerville, and then you'd add another guard after a certain other guard goes to the NBA draft. Um, I, think, I think it's a solid piece if you can get him. Um, I can't imagine you offering a kid like this unless you don't think you can get him. Um, Former 2023 kid has reclassified uh, to 2024, so he's a little bit older for his age. He's at Michigan Collegiate School, which I hate when schools do that. Like, it's just why? Why are we putting the word college in in a high school? Like, it just drives me nuts. Yep. Uh, I'm looking at you, Sam Brown, because Sal College pissed me off too. But um, regardless, uh, I think this would be a good addition. Um, it's also weird for them to also offer a kid while they're not even in the country. <laughs> so. I didn't yeah, expect yeah. that. So I wonder, and it makes me wonder, because I, I believe currently it is an open period for, or no, open contact period, I should say. 
So I, I'm kind of curious if they try to like sell kids and like, Hey, we're on FaceTime. Like we want to offer you, but Oh, hold on. We're, we're in Dakar, Senegal. Like, Oh, you, you want to come next time? Like, as you will be in four years, if you're still here. <laughs> and I don't know, I'd probably use it as like a little recruiting tool. I think that'd be a good idea. Um, so yeah, I, I like this kid. I think he's solid. And, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, they kind of pushed a little harder for him, considering I think they're his only high major. No, he's got VCU as well. And Loyola, since he, I don't know if Loyola Chicago counts, to be honest with you. I don't think yeah, it's high major. Not. I think that's mid-major. Yep. But, uh, yeah, seems like a good kid. Yeah. Um, you always got to trust uh, the staff on basketball offers because they've shown time and time again that, they're pretty damn good at developing kids and they, they know exactly what they're looking for, for their system. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those kids happen to be one and two in the country. Sometimes they're three stars that don't have, you know, huge amounts of offers, but you've started to see a trend where as soon as Rutgers offers a kid, a lot of schools jump in because mm-hmm. they know that Rutgers knows what they're doing in terms of development. So. Yeah. We've, we've seen it time and time again. Um, they offer a kid, they land a kid. Everyone's like, Oh, it's a restart. What the fuck? And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, that kid's ranked top 150. What the fuck happened here? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Dango, good example. Um, I think Gavin Griffiths took a pretty big leap from when they first committed. Um, there's, there's others. Yeah. Gavin Griffiths went from a <laughs> noun ranked to 71 to 35 to 21. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, look at where Ace and Dylan were. Um, that's, you know, a year ago point. in terms yeah. of their rankings, like Dylan was, I think he started as outside of a five-star status and then he got bumped up to like 15th mm-hmm. and then he slowly made his way into the top 10 until he was number one. Ace was the same way. He, I think Ace was basically always a five-star, mm-hmm. but it was more of like the lower end five-star until, uh, the evaluation period really kicked off for him. Yeah. Um, he's, he's went from not ranked to 26 to seven to five to four to two. And yep. after talking to our national side, there's a heavy debate right now that he could be number one. That's their rankings are going to be updated shortly, mm-hmm. but I want to say in the next month and they're, they're talking about him as number one. And I'm like, Hmm, I feel like I heard that on a podcast before. Hmm. I wonder what podcast hmm. that was. Those guys sound smart though. <laughs> and Lathan Somerville has taken a huge series of jumps too, since he committed to Rutgers. Except the ones like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of all I had on the docket. What is there anything else you wanted to hit on? Uh, actually I lied. There's one more thing. Okay. Uh, women's soccer has its first game of the season tonight, uh, at your sack field against BYU. That's at 7 PM. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to catch a soccer game, I don't know if it'll be on TV. It might be on BTN plus if I had to guess. Um, I lied. Second, uh, bonus thing that I forgot oh, about. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, big liar. The Under Armour Elite 24 camp kicked off today, so you're going to see a lot of clips coming out. You've already seen a, a huge uh, Ace mm-hmm. Bailey block from the event. Um, so they have three days for this, this camp uh, today, tomorrow, and Saturday. It'll culminate in the, uh, I don't know if they call it an all-star game, but there'll be a game on Saturday night at 8 p.m. on ESPNU. Okay. So then you'll be able to see uh, Dylan and Ace in high definition playing with each other on national TV uh, again because they played together last weekend. They played together mm-hmm. this weekend. Next weekend, August 19th, there's an event with Slam High School Basketball Ooh, Rucker. at Rucker Park in New York City. It's in Harlem uh, where Ace and Dylan will be playing once again together. So three straight weekends of Ace and Dylan being teammates. Uh, good primer for maybe what's gonna 
happen next year. Uh, yeah. So that was that's I promise that's all I had. Do you have anything else? Um, I do not really, but I'm gonna kind of go back to that soccer thing. So it's an exhibition today, apparently. Oh, it's an exhibition. Yes. Okay. So the first game is not till the 17th versus Holy Cross, and then the 20th, which is Rutgers Fan Fest. If you guys haven't heard yet, Rutgers Fan Fest is the Rutgers football team will be helping you pregame um, the women's soccer game versus Hofstra. So there's going to be autographs, <laughs> carnival games, the whole boardwalk, food trucks, yada yada yada. Before you get to meet the players, I think it's sponsored by KTR as well. So uh, yeah, please, yeah, KTR is is the sponsor for the football team coming there and doing autographs, and then um, you get to go to the soccer game after. So that's that's a pretty cool little event. And uh, I mean, food trucks. Who doesn't like food trucks? I, I love food oh, trucks. Yeah, yeah great so. time. Yeah, so um, I think that's that's really it. I'm uh, trying to look right now. It's nothing else really going on. Oh, Gene Smith retired. Oh yeah, the longtime Ohio State president, right? Yeah, so he's the NAD. So no, maybe the new guy doesn't like Ryan Day. Maybe Rutgers uh, might be able to snag a win against Ohio State in the next couple of years. If Ryan Day's not there. Never know. But never uh, know. Oh, last thing. One one more thing I got. Um, we have a potential to, and I told you this, I think I figured it out, might be able to set up a voicemail box. And if, if we Ooh, did, yeah. if, if we did set up a voicemail box, I'm just curious. And I, I want you guys comments in the, the little comment section below. What, would you send us a voicemail and, and with questions? Like it's a legitimate thing. And we would probably do it at the end or beginning of every episode. And hell, we might even do a whole episode out of it if we get enough questions. And um, yeah, just kind of curious, like what your guys' thoughts are. If, if we set up a voicemail box, would you guys leave us voicemails and asking about uh, Rutgers athletics? So yeah, uh, we'd love to turn it into like a you know mailbag Monday kind of thing where we just take your questions and we answer them on the pod. But yeah, drop some some replies either in the comments on the boards or in the comments on this video in YouTube uh, that. It's kind of just talk about what if you'd be interested in that because I think it'd be a lot of fun, but I'm not going to do it if uh, none of you guys are actually interested in it. So yeah, and, and no, I guess know. like I always say, we're always open to ideas and suggestions. Um, I think next pod I actually have to wear a hat because one of you sent me a hat to wear. <laughs> I should have yeah, done yep. it this pod and completely forgot, but uh, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully the next pod. I got something really cool. We're not sponsored by these guys. Ooh, it's called Hexart. This go. is an aluminum 3D Rucker sign. You see how there's like a beveling here? So this is going to be about here. I'm going to try and figure out where it should go. It's, it's a pretty penny, I bet. It's, uh, it was only about 100 bucks, and it's just made in America. Ooh. Uh, another additional uh, thing for those of you who uh, are very inclined about that kind of thing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that thing up and we're gonna start seeing that on the pod. So yeah, I'm, I'm working on a background for mine too. I'm gonna cover this whole thing and we're gonna we're, we got the, <laughs> we got something going on. I got I got I got some ideas going forward. Um, I'm gonna get a little crazy here. And uh, I, one day, one of these days, I, I I hate to say it, I, I think we might have to get a uh, get our good friend Lenny on and do a, a drinking podcast. Um, mm -hmm. That would be uh, a. <laughs> I don't know if, how I feel about that. We'd have to not do that one live just for the sole fact of <laughs> might, might be a lot of editing done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, live pods are dangerous for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. But so, all right. That's all I got. All right, guys. Well, thanks once again for listening. Thanks to all ha who have rated, reviewed, subscribed, all that jazz. You guys are awesome, and you guys have really helped the show grow a ton. Couldn't be more excited for this football season and basketball season upcoming. Uh, we're going to try and do some new features like we talked about. 
but just stay tuned to the board, stay tuned to your podcast feed, stay tuned to your YouTube feeds, uh, because there might be uh, there might be a big episode dropping soon, depending on uh, the news items that drop in the near future. So for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Nerdcore Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.